0: Hello everybody and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Levenbrand, I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Matt Heinz, the president of Heinz Marketing. And not only that, he's also an author, keynote speaker, and consultant, and well-known for his great content and books. And we will chat about uh, his soon-to-be-released book, The Predictable Pipeline. So with that said, welcome to today's podcast, Matt.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having
0: me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this for a long time, since I have read your books for maybe starting 10 years back or so. So yeah, so grateful for you to join us today. Uh, So for people who don't know you, maybe you can just give us a little bit of your story and how you ended up as a marketing and sales expert. Oh
1: boy. Uh, Well, I was a journalist out of school um, and then ended up at Microsoft for a little while, ran marketing in a couple um, Seattle area startups um, and then just decided about 12 years ago to, to try my own thing and um, you know our focus is really helping companies create more predictable pipeline for their sales organization so to get past the lumpiness of pipeline production that often exists uh, sort of you know make sense of what in many cases is, a, is an increasingly complex buying journey uh, for your prospects and create a systematic way to create more repeatability and predictability of the outcome of those pipeline development efforts on a month-to-month and uh, year-to-year basis
0: yeah that's great and Heinz marketing can you give us a little bit of background to what your cover as services and competences uh
1: sure um you know our, our focus is really helping companies develop those predictable pipelines you know this you're stepping in and providing some strategy, some guidance and support with implementation of you know, not just demand generation campaigns and programs, but really sort of the fundamentals that make those programs work consistently on an ongoing basis. That's everything from how well you understand your target market to how sales and marketing works together to the systems and tools and reporting that underlies all of those efforts to give you not only consistency, but also really strong clarity of what's working and what's
0: not. Yeah. Interesting. Since you're working with this for a long time, Uh, and you have many good books and so on. You have a new one coming up this fall, but you have pre-launched it a little bit, and it's called The Predictable Pipeline, How Growth-Oriented Companies Deliver Repeatable, Scalable, and Profitable Market-Driven Results. And I'm really looking forward to read it, but uh, I would like you to to, uh, give us a short overview of your your ideas in it uh, and what kind of message you want to deliver this time.
1: Well, I mean, my books in the past have been, um, you know, they've covered elements of what is, has sort of evolved into this predictable pipeline methodology. Um, and I think this, uh, so we sort of announced this, not, not pre-orders, but just that the book's coming out um, uh, sometime this fall, probably late fall. And, and I think the goal is to, to basically provide sort of a, an explanation and provide full access to the predictable pipeline methodology to explain, to help people uncover the reasons why their marketing efforts aren't providing consistent results to really out, you know, to address the common fallacies about developing pipeline and developing demand for your marketing organization. And then we really lay out sort of a full systematic way for companies to build a more repeatable, uh, predictable,
0: scalable um, marketing-driven sales pipeline program moving forward that's that's great i can really look forward to that and what do you think if we go to the tactics there's a lot of marketing practitioners listening to our podcast so what do you think is the most efficient way to build a predictable pipeline today for a b2b tech it sauce company as of now in this area i mean i think the the most the one
1: thing if companies can do one thing and we talk a lot about this in the book is to really focus on understanding who your buyer is, who are the companies that are most likely to buy and why, what are the attributes and characteristics those companies have that make them most interested and most likely to engage with you. And then further in, you know, often too often we treat, we consider a lead someone that fills out a form on a page. So we've got two problems with that. One, most larger organizations, organizations have multiple people involved in the buying process. So having access to one person is just part of the puzzle. Two, whether or not they fill out your form is an arbitrary, and in most cases, inaccurate um, sign of interest. So we also focus on understanding who are your prospects, well, how, do you know, how, how well do you understand how they navigate through the buying process. And what insights about what they do, what insights um, and attributes and characteristics and signals are you looking for and leveraging to tell you that that prospect either is at the beginning of an exploratory process to solve something, or is more likely to sort of be open to hearing your comp- hearing your pitch today. And so I think that you know fundamentally, the better you understand your prospects, the better you understand how they operate and what they're trying to achieve, the better all of your sales and marketing efforts are going
0: to be. That's great. So understand your buyer and uh, get the insights that you think could be of interest for them, of course. Yeah. And the flip side of that, what do you see as the most common problem today when you consult for companies and review their pipeline building processes on?
1: I mean, easily the, 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 the biggest challenge companies have is moving straight to campaign mode. You know, just, just saying, hey, listen, it just takes me a couple of minutes to write an email. Let's just get something out. Um, and look, I mean, I run a business. I want pipeline quickly as well. So you know, it's, um, it's a slippery slope to say, hey, let's just get things going. We'll figure the rest out later. Unfortunately, when you do that, you end up speaking in a language that is foreign to your prospect. You end up talking too much about yourself. Um, You create inconsistency of how a message comes across, across multiple channels. And you also typically will, you know, do those random acts of marketing that aren't consistent, aren't planned and aren't going to deliver that body of work that's required to engage today's more sophisticated buyers. So, you know, I realize that doing the upfront work around who your target audience is and why you know, integrating your processes with the sales organization and, you know, understanding sort of a content map of what your different members of the buying committee care about at different stages of the buying process. Like that does take some time, but, you know, I think sometimes three steps is faster than one to ultimately get to where you're going to go. And if you want to ultimately to have a more predictable, scalable, repeatable set of outcomes from marketing relative to your sales pipeline, it's really critical that you invest in those early what we call plan and understand steps to be successful moving forward
0: yeah, I, I totally agree there. Good recommendation. How do you see the different methodologies uh, the last years we have discussed a lot of inbound versus account based marketing and all kind of that. Uh, how do you view that as a part of the pipeline building? Do you see any tactics you should refer or use or is anything good as long as it's right on target with the insights and understanding of the buyer persona or what's your take on that?
1: No, I think, you know, another challenge that I think a lot of companies have is they're looking for that silver lining. They're looking for that, you know, one program that's going to sort of, you know, create consistency. And so I think, you know, all of a sudden we go from, hey, it looks like, you know, inbound marketing is really hot. Let's go do that. Or, oh, ABM looks like it's going to solve our problems. Let's go do that. Um, none of these on their own are going to deliver predictable ongoing pipeline. Um, you know, with most companies we work with that are going after a small market, um, you know, it's, inbound is less important than a very strategic value-based outbound program. You know, ABM is a nice way of getting started with tighter sales and marketing integration, but the most effective organizations that have been driving predictable pipeline over the, over, you know, the last you know, two or three decades have already been taking an account-based approach to how they do sales and marketing together. So I, I think that it's important, and this is again, like I go back to sort of why it's important to understand who your audience is and how they buy and understand the economics of what your pipeline needs to be. Um, in many cases, inbound is is interesting, but is not the answer. And in most cases, inbound is not solely the answer either. You know, you kind of lose control over quantity and quality of prospects that are coming inbound if all you're doing is inbound marketing and especially if you're targeting larger organizations um, you know the more narrow your target you know the more inefficient inbound marketing can be
0: yeah right interesting uh, viewpoint there so I totally agree that it is different things they're good at and different situations you should apply them but the mix is the important thing so that's great so have you seen any trends in what kind of messages uh now we're in a very special period when we record this in the two three months into the covid19 pandemic and uh, of course we have seen a lot of things change but apart from that or including that what do you see are the most interesting topics when you want to create interest today? Since we have, I would say, an avalanche of content on LinkedIn today, everybody's posting insights and content. And so, on. so, how to stand out? What do you recommend to your clients?
1: Well, I think that <clears throat> time to value is 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 seen more narrowly today than it has in a long time. So, I think you know if you're going to stand out in today's environment. I think it's important that you think about what kind of value you can provide prospects in the next you know, 60, 90 days. And that doesn't mean that your value proposition needs to shrink to that. It means that you need to have a story of how you can start to impact your prospect's business sooner versus later. You know, I think just the, the lens with which your prospects are looking at problems and looking at potential solutions is much narrower right now. It'll open back up soon. Um, and people will start thinking about sort of, you know, their, you know, their objectives and needs oh, years down the road. But I think that, you know, over the course of the next few months, you're going to have to fit into a shorter term plan of sort of survive, pivot, recover. And I think that, you know, it, the better you can speak to what each individual prospect needs in that environment, what they're trying to achieve, and sort of position your business as an essential service to help them achieve those short-term goals, those, those messages, those approaches are what are more likely going to
0: win. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, regarding that, the, the more narrow scope, uh, more urgency and getting payback on investments and so on, as you say, 60 to 90 days, et cetera. What's the status, as you say it right now, for a sales organization in terms of how to approach the clients
1: well, I think some of the trends we've seen in sales over the last 10 years, I think have continued and perhaps intensified. We've, we've seen a continued shift away from field sales towards inside sales. Um, you know, even if you've got a distributed sales team, what that means is there's fewer reps, you know, sort of calling on customers in person that a lot more of selling is done remotely already anyway. Um, That was true six months ago, and it's obviously true now today as well. I think we're seeing more use of digital channels by sellers to engage their prospects. We're seeing sellers invest, especially for those longer sales cycle deals. We're seeing sellers invest in building trust and credibility through digital channels and through content far earlier in the process. Where you know the most successful sales reps, and this can be a field, someone in the field, someone inside. It can be a young, it can be a, a sort of experienced sales rep that are leveraging content to build credibility with prospects early in the buying process, even before a prospect is ready to engage. And so, by that you know function, we're seeing sort of a a an integration of what sales and marketing traditionally do. Um, I don't think that you know in many organizations, especially those that are going after larger deals we don't see the pipeline split in half vertically in the middle anymore. We see the pipeline split kind of horizontally with a diagonal bent, meaning marketing is owning most of the top of the funnel, sales may own the majority of the bottom of the funnel efforts, but there's still a very tight uh, relationship and coordinated set of efforts across those two teams.
0: Regarding the COVID situation and all the changes companies now need to do and and uh, also have to think about how the world is changing and in many ways, do you see any permanent changes we will probably stay with after the pandemic in, in the sales and marketing? <laughs> well,
1: I think, um, I hope so. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, we are being forced to be smarter marketers now. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of companies are moving away from field events and trade shows now because they've been forced to, even though they internally, they've been talking about it for a long time. Um, those dollars are getting redeployed in many cases to digital channels. Um, uh, and I think that the sales organizations are are getting smarter at being able to sell remotely as well. And I think both sales and marketing together are getting smarter at how they actually sort of coordinate their efforts together, as opposed to operate as sort of separate parallel and in many Past cases, uncoordinated bodies uh, trying to sell to the same audience. So I think that you know, uh, you know, in in addition to sort of the pain and um, and challenges that have come along with you know sort of this uh, this COVID season, I think there's a lot of improvements uh, that that are that are that we're seeing with with this as well that are ultimately going to make organizations better, especially those that sort of can document and systematize some of what they're doing now.
0: Mm. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> I, I really liked what you said there. And uh, I think that could be a game changer for many companies, of course. So what do you see is the biggest sales challenge facing sales reps today in the marketplace?
1: Well, you've got sort of a positive challenge and then a sort of, I guess, negative challenge. The positive challenge is Many of your prospects are, are, have, are, are more open to receiving a new message today. Um, they have a little more time to be able to take your call. Um, and I think because of the overall situation, professionally and personally for people, people are more open to people <clears throat> to someone challenging their assumptions and challenging their status quo. So I think there's a, there's a more open mind and a more available mind in the place of your prospects. Um, the challenge is that because the channels have been constricted because we've taken certain channels off the table. The sales and marketing channels that are left are becoming increasingly crowded You know because we're not seeing each other at trade shows and field events, because companies are doubling down on digital. You, know, you referenced LinkedIn earlier, LinkedIn has become incredibly busy. Uh, most prospects are complaining that they're getting way more emails now. Um, and so <clears throat> these channels aren't dead, they still work. Many companies are still leveraging them very successfully. But if you do have to be smart about how you use them and what you say. You have to be smart about the language you use, the message you use, the content you share, even the format and length of your message in those channels at different stages of the buying journey. I mean, there's just so many factors that go into whether or not someone's going to pay attention to that message. I mean, let's let's be honest that, you know, if you think about your own inbox, uh, the next time you go and look at it, you know, your job is not to read email. you in your mind, your job is to delete email. <laughs> You're trying to get rid of stuff. And so that is the bar that you initially have to face is no matter how well you wrote that 400 word email, if someone's never heard of you before, they're not gonna read it. So, you know, what can you say to someone in a much shorter format? What can you say with some consistency over time across channels that ultimately will earn their attention? And then once you have that attention, boy, you better deliver something of value. Because if you don't, the likelihood that they are going to pay attention to you the next time goes down significantly. Mm, Great answer.
0: So if I was a marketing manager or CMO at the B2B company today and I would look into what options I have to invest in in the coming 60 to 90 days, as you said, what do you think is the most important things to prioritize right now? Or invest in or build processes around as you see it?
1: Yeah, I would, you know, I would go back to where we started, you know, just the more you can understand how to talk to your buyer, what their issues are, what things they are interested in, <clears throat> what's going to make them smarter, what's going to make them better what's going to help them better navigate the current challenges and deliver tangible value in the next 60 to 90 days even if that's just the beginning of your value prop to be able to articulate that into the narrow lens your prospects are looking at right now
0: that is where you're going to win well that's a great closing answer i'm so grateful we got a time to chat about these things and I'm really looking forward to your book coming out this fall, The Predictable Pipeline. But uh, people who haven't come across your books or content, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to dive in, into more of your thoughts, ideas, etc. Where can we send them at? Yeah, I appreciate
1: that very much. Um, you, know, you can just go to HeinzMarketing.com, H-E-I-N-Z, uh, marketing.com, like the big beans and ketchup and uh, condiments. Um, you know, we've, we've been publishing content for, you know, 12 plus years. And so you're going to find a, a wide variety of content in blog posts and research and white papers and best practice guides on a wide variety of topics, all free on our website. Um, you can find a lot more content that we find and kind of curate up at, at Twitter at, at, Heinz Marketing. Um, if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to talk to folks directly. Just Matt, M-A-T-T at HeinzMarketing.com.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing your insights and ideas around lead generation sales process and and marketing and sales alignment. So it was so good to have you on the podcast, Matt. And Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for everybody listening in today. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.